you're listening to a Two Jackets podcast. Check out more at twojackets.com. Welcome to Sham Fiction, the podcast where we break the first rule of fan fiction, that you have to be a fan to write it. We're Two Jackets Productions. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And I'm Marcus. Here's the format. Each installment, Andrew, Eric, or Marcus will be presented with a media franchise that they are unfamiliar with and challenged to write fan fiction about it. We'll start by giving the author some basics, like characters, overarching plots, and those special elements that make each franchise great. The author will then take this info, throw out what they don't like, add a generous helping of creative license, and come back ready to read their masterpiece for all of us to enjoy. It's fan fiction written by non-fans. It's sham fiction. This week's author is Andrew. Hey, chums. Hey, pals. Buds. Oh, hey, hey Andrew. Buddy. Best buds. How's it going? Hey, we're here for another week. How swell. <laughs> wait, of sham fiction? The very these same. Are, these are the intros we're doing 30 episodes in. Wait till we reach the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, guys, I'm writing this we, week. We spend all week writing these intros. We do. <laughs> these are painstakingly crafted. <laughs> what are we going to say? But yet the only thing we could ever say in regards to how we're feeling about a property this week is excited. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but guys, I'm, okay. uh, as, uh, as I said, I'm writing this week, and I want you to tell me what I will be writing. Oh, lordy. Have we got a good one for you, Andrew Neal? <laughs> Sounds like this it. is this is one that we've had on the block, waiting in the wings since we started the show, and for some reason we just haven't done it yet. But mostly because it involved us watching it. <laughs> yep, yep. No, this is one of those properties where uh, before this assignment came up, uh, Marcus and I had never seen it, so we decided to sit down and watch it uh, together, sort of together via Skype. Oh, that's cute. Uh, we watched this at the same time. Uh, but we didn't bother to read the book, mind you. And uh, that means we're talking about Twilight. Wait a second. Wait a second. Stop. Stop. So you're you're talking to me about a movie from 1998 starring Gene Hackman and Paul Newman? No! That we all know? <laughs> No, directed by Robert man. Benton and written by yeah. Robert Benton and Richard Russo? Why do you know all this off the top of your head? It's not like I'm looking at the IMDb page and playing <laughs> this joke in advance. <laughs> oh, you monster. No, this is 2008's Twilight based on the Stephanie Meyer novel of the same name. That makes more this, sense. This is the sparkly vampire melodrama of your dreams, Andrew. It is in my dreams. I've never seen it, but it's still I dream of it, I guess. A oh. perfectly threatening, non-threatening boyfriend. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Look the same forever. I dream of oh it. For, I dream of it every night. This it's a terrifying thing. But anyway, Twilight. We had to do this because this is a a huge property, loved the world over. I imagine mostly by teenaged girls, but I could be wrong. I, I imagine there is something in this franchise for everyone. Including Marcus and myself. Yeah, fun fact. We we like to acknowledge when we're not the target audience for something. <laughs> and we are not the target audience for this. Although, unfortunately, I feel unlike some other franchises where we're not the target audience, we found very little to love about this. Yeah. Uh, especially its portrayal of an unhealthy relationship. 
Yeah, so we're going to gloss over that sort of stuff and just kind of yeah. give you the meat of, of this thing. So, Andrew, if you're ready, we're just going to dive right into what this film is. Please. Perfect. All right. So, backstory here. Backstory. We got your main character. Smash Bella, cut. Sw- Bella Swan. Now, she's just your average sort of girl. Sure. That's an end of description. Wait. Yep. Wait. Wait, what? Yep. Yep. I don't know if Bella Swan has a character, but... So I'm writing no. down <laughs> verbatim, average, comma, sorta, girl. Yep. Well, she's uh, clumsy. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, 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 the, uh, that's the only thing she's got. The only thing that separates her from any other character is that she's clumsy, I guess. She sounds like a real Anastasia Steele. (laughs) I'm glad you mentioned that, because, of course, we did our Fifty Shades of Grey episode a while back, which was fantastic, by the way. Thanks, Marcus, for writing that one. And the movie, too. Thank you, everyone involved. (laughs) <laughs> yes, no, and this, that of course was a, uh, a, started out as fan fiction about Twilight the novels, so this is kind of a weird sort of sham fiction sort of meta Like weird. a grand fiction. There you go. This is where it all, I liked that, ooh. Yeah, but this is the source, so, you, so Andrew, you already know about Fifty Shades of Grey, but you just ignore everything, it has really nothing to do with this. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Other than a clumsy, kind of bland main female lead uh Kristen Stewart yeah yeah this is Kristen Stewart uh so she was living in Phoenix with her mom and uh she decided or something happened I don't know where she decided to go move in with her dad who lives in Forks uh which is a rainy little town in the Pacific Northwest is it Washington is it Washington State yep all right so it's in it's in the the rainy woods there are a lot of pine trees a lot of yeah, really Phoenix, tall pine trees. Where she trees. never got any sun exposure. Yeah, because she's just ghostly white. But she finds out that she's not the ghostly whitest <gasps> at this new school. Sure. They're, in fact, a hip crew of really pale, creepy-looking hotties that uh, <laughs> Man, go to her love, high school. I love hip, creepy-looking hotties. Uh-huh. Uh, so she's, she meets, uh, this boy, this very special boy, uh, named, uh, what's his name? Cedric Diggory. Oh, writing it <laughs> yeah. down. Yep. Hufflepuff. Yep. Yeah. He's, he's a Hufflepuff. He's super hot. Um, kill the spare. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. His real name's, uh, Edward Cullen. Spoilers. I think you already knew that one. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers. For yeah. Goblet from Fire. Goblet yeah, of Fire. Yeah. the past 20 years. <laughs> Um, but yeah, she meets this boy who immediately just looks like he's about to throw up every time he's near her, I, which, oh, is, yeah. which is weird. In the introduction, they're sitting in science class. He's got the, the sweetest seat in the room next to an owl, yeah. which is Wait. his favorite seat. Wait, what? Uh-huh. He cover, covers his mouth and nose like he can't stand the smell of her, uh, uh-huh. and then dashes out of the room and isn't seen for a week. <laughs> oh, God. So he is physically repulsed by her. Yep. Apparently, that's what the movie told me. I don't know if that was the intention, but that's definitely what came across. Yeah. Uh, And for whatever reason, these two, they're apparently just star-crossed lovers because they they just fall for each other, and Edward can just, like, see right into her. She knows everything about her, which 
is not really much to know. It's not a long book to read. No. <laughs> and there's this connection that happens, and some weird things start happening happening around high school. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm jumping like an hour and a half into this movie because this is a slow burn, but I just want to get to the actual interesting plot. Uh, she, uh, Kristen Stewart, Bella Swan, she's about to get hit by a, a van in the school parking lot. Like, this, something goes crazy. A kid is driving like nuts. He slides his, the, the van over. She's about to get crushed. Oh, no. And then sexy, pale Edward Cullen pops in and stops it with his bare hands. Yeah. Just like Superman. Oh, wow. And, like, dents the, the heck out of the van and saves her life. And then he just kind of skips off and away. And she's all like, WTF? What's going on? And she does some research, Andrew. She does some Ooh. mad research. And they and filmed the heck out of this research. <laughs> I feel like I know as much as as uh, Bella Bella Swan knows about vampires. Because guess what? That's what Edward Cullen is. What? This movie about vampires has vampires in it? Who knew? I didn't know. <laughs> Not before this, I didn't, at least. Well, anyway, she confronts him about it. <gasps> But, I mean, mind you, confront maybe isn't the right word because I don't think she actually looks at him the entire time she's telling him that he's a vampire. Eric, Eric, what? look at me. Look What's at me up? and tell me this. You were, you were avoiding your gaze. You were oh, looking I'm, off I'm sorry. The, please, I'm sorry. focus me. Eyes here. Eyes here. Edward, Edward Cullen, Andrew. Yeah. He's a vampire. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's it. No, that's it. Um, and the weird thing about vampires in this franchise is that it basically means you're like an X-Man. Yeah. You just, you, you, it's not just that you're a vampire and you drink blood and you can't go out in the sunlight. No, no none of these rules apply. Except uh, for the drinking blood. I guess. <laughs> Wait, except um, for the what? The, the blood the drinking, drinking. blood, yeah. They drink blood, okay. Yep. Uh, it just basically means you have a, a, a fantastic set of superpowers, uh, randomly chosen, I guess. For instance, Edward Cullen, uh, Marcus, how would you describe Edward's uh, mutant abilities? He can read minds. That's oh. his, his power. Oh. Um, yeah. And so that that is not an entirely new phenomenon in the vampire over. Uh-huh. <laughs> as, uh, something that was introduced, I think, in Anne Rice's vampire novels as well. Sure. Um, but And probably before then, but... Yeah, so he can read minds, which is really helpful because he's only 108 years old and his girlfriend is 17 years old. <laughs> and how else would he be able to convince her that she was in love with him? Uh, oh, uh, hey, yeah. wait a second. No, this, is, this, is, this is the weird thing. I thought you yeah. guys weren't going to tell me about this yucky stuff. It's hard to uh, avoid. Sorry, I keep slipping out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's 108 years old. He's like an old guy, and for some reason he's just... Hanging out in high school, yep. as are several other of these young, hot vampires who are the creepy, pale. You know what I like about hotties. these high school girls? <laughs> uh, what we keep saying the same age, and they keep staying the same age. <laughs> you said it. That's perfect. It's flawless. Uh, but yeah, for some reason, they just all hang out in high school. Like it's a good cover, which it isn't. Like, all these people have, like, graduated high school, like, dozens of times. Like, they just, like, move. <laughs> and they go to another high school. And they graduate again. Gotta be awkward high school reunions, right? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. 
20 you just, year you're reunion, just hopping. man, you're looking good, Mr. Cullen. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so that's happening. There are some older vampires in here uh, who are uh, more or less family to Edward, though not actually related. Um, right. There is this concept, uh, Marcus, you probably remember this more than I do, this concept in just like vampire stories. And I think this is a big thing in Buffy, so I'm just going to use the Buffy term. Uh, Edward Cullen has a sire, right? The Mm -hmm. one who turned him into a vampire, who basically takes on the role of like his dad. Oh, interesting. Who is a doctor. His name is Carlisle Cullen. And of course, he is pale and dreamy. Uh, oh yeah, Dr. Marcus. Uh, who else is in this this little weird family? So yeah, Carlisle's the head of this vampire clan. They consider themselves vegetarians because <laughs> they only drink animals. Yeah, which, they don't they don't eat humans. <laughs> I think I'm going to start calling myself a vegetarian because I also don't eat humans. <laughs> That's admirable. And also yeah. only drink the blood of animals. Yeah. Well, you know. That's how you keep your figure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, looking good. Uh, so, Carlisle's wife is Esme. Esme. Uh, don't really know much about her. No, unfortunately. Uh, then there's Alice, who is uh, one of the younger vampires, and she can see the future, which oh, is yeah. exciting and used as a plot device. Uh-huh. And uh huh. She's, she's hanging out. She's like, what was that? Is she younger? Well, they're all they're all older than uh, Edward. She's kind of the runt. Oh, okay. Okay. So I don't know the specific no, no, no. Agent but like this Alice, I should this I man, I I need to kind of see through the the veil of this movie or like through the eyes of this movie. So Alice, is she high school looking? Does she go to the high school? Yes. Okay, that's what I wanted yep. to know. They all go to the high school, and Alice actually. So she's with Jasper, who's the newest member of the Cullen family, uh, newer than Edward, like recently turned. Yeah, and he's having trouble with the vegetarian thing. Oh yeah, because no, because you see, if you're a vampire, you get the bloodlust. You just you just you 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 lock onto the scent of a human, and you just want to go crazy. But they they're they got the moral high ground here. They're like, no, we're better than that. We're not gonna eat. We're not gonna eat people. We can control it, but it's it's hard to do. This is the reason why Edward Cullen looked like he was gonna throw up when when he met Bella Swan because she just smells so good. She smells yeah. so tasty. Ah, I want to eat you. Yeah, yep. I get it. But I can't. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're pretty. I don't know. Now, wait a second. I have to clarify something. So, do Dr. Carlisle and Esme, do they go to the high school, too? No, they're no, older. No, Dr. Carlisle's a doctor. Okay. <laughs> Good clarification. I don't know. Your explanation of Alice made it seem like they're all high school aged, so I just wanted to clarify that. No, Carlisle and Esme aren't. Okay. The rest of them are, though. All right. Yeah. Cash, do we have anybody else uh, in this family? I think that's the family, right? There, there, there are others. Yeah, uh, who cares? There's Rosalie, who hates Bella. <laughs> so that's maybe there's something. There's a rivalry. Yeah, she's afraid. She's the prettiest woman in the world, and she's afraid that Bella's going to ruin their family because having a human around puts them at risk. And what is that risk, Eric? Let's get oh, to the plot. Oh, my God. It's like as the, the, the risk of having a, a, a girl, like a human woman around, is that the there are other vampires in this world what? who are not vegetarians and would love to snack on a tasty Bella Swan. Ooh. And so what? that's what happens. So while the family's out having a friendly game of Thunder Baseball... 
this, <laughs> yeah. this wait team. A second. Wait a second. You can't just say Thunder Baseball and move on, Eric. What are you, what are you talking about? Well, you see, vampires are so strong and good at sports yeah. that when they play baseball... When they hit the ball with the bat, it's so loud that it sounds like thunder. So the only time they can play is in the cover of an actual thunderstorm. That sounds like the greatest thing ever. It's not. It also just sounds because if they're hitting the ball that hard, it's just going to be home run after home run. No, what what's going to happen if you hit the ball that hard is that the ball and the bat are going to just get destroyed. Oh, even better! But they don't. They just go miles. Oh. And of course, vampires are real speedy. And they can just they're go super zoom. fast. They're like the yeah. Flash. Ooh. And they can just... Like the Flash with less good effects. Yeah, exactly. It's really, really bad effects. But uh, they're super fast. And uh, anyway, they're playing this game of baseball, and this team of just ne'er-do-well vampires shows up. They got the red eyes because they've been feasting on human blood, and that's what happens. Whoa. And they smell Bella, and they're like, ooh, girl. And and then Edward's like, we got to go. <laughs> and they run off. And the rest of the movie is basically them trying to keep Bella away from these baddie vampires whose names I don't even know. Yeah, there are three of them, right? <laughs> So the leader is James, and he's the sadistic one. And he's the one who really wants to kill Bella just because the Cullens like her. So he's that's just, the game he's, he's playing. Just he's just going to get at guy. the Cullens. He doesn't like the Cullens. Yeah, his, so he's mate, his mate's Victoria, pet. and she's helping him. And then the cool guy, Laurent, is, you know, he's like, you know, maybe we don't need to kill her. So he, she, he becomes an informant for the Cullens. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good dude. He's a good dude. Um, with cool dreadlocks. So that's always yeah. cool. Uh, and so the rest of the movie is, yeah, just, just the Cullens trying to keep the baddie vampires away from Bella. And uh, they try to deceive them. They take uh, Bella's coat. They put it on one of the vampires. And she goes running off into the woods one direction while they really take Bella somewhere else. But uh, these vampires, they're not fooled. They follow the trail for a little while, and they're like, wait a second, something's up. Yeah, they weren't born yesterday. They were born hundreds of years ago and still hit on 17-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, they, 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 this chase ensues, and it leads to this fight at the end of the... Well, not even at the end of the movie. The climactic fight between these vampires. It's, it's bloody. It's violent. Things happen. I don't know how much to give away, Marcus. Yeah, just it, you can kill a vampire yeah. not by staking them. You have to tear them limb from limb and throw them in a fire. Yep. <laughs> Holy if you go, cow. If you go outside in the sun, it just makes you all sparkly and diamondy. That's right. We didn't even cover that yet. That's important. Yep. yep. They kind of look like Emma Frost. Oh, sure. And and with Edward, with the powers of Emma Frost as well. Yeah, exactly. He's a, a sexy, uh, shirtless, sparkly telepath. Yeah. So... Makes perfect sense. All right, so so they explicitly say that stakes a stake to the heart doesn't kill a vampire. That's not a thing. I don't think they explicitly state it, but they don't jump to that when they're trying to kill vampires. Okay. Yeah. So it's never... Well, perhaps they just don't want anybody to know about it. Perhaps that's not the way vampires kill other vampires. <laughs> could, Maybe. could be. Are yeah, there, no, like are there no vampire hunters? Are there no buffies? 
Not that we know of. <laughs> no, unfortunately, that would make this whole thing a lot more interesting. There are two characters we have to mention, though, yeah. that we have not mentioned yet. Uh, okay. uh, the first is Charlie Swan, yes. who is Bella's father. Uh, yes. He's a cop. They don't have a close relationship. She calls him Charlie, which is an interesting thing in her own personal narration. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a good character. Good and character he's investigating thing. these murders by animals, which are actually murders by the other vampire clan. <gasps> oh, it's like he was torn apart by a by a beast. Yes, and then of course the other character we have to mention, Eric. Huh. You can't have the Bella <gasps> oh, Edward triangle oh, without. Oh, we got we got Jacob Black. Jacob, yeah, Jacob, Jacob. Who, is a, a kind of a minor role in this film, but, yeah, but not, he not is he is like the only person in Forks that Bella knew before she moved there. Oh, okay. Like they're like old pals because uh, Jacob's like uncle or whatever is like best friends with Bella's dad, best friends with Charlie. So they all know each other, and he's kind of just this you know dreamy sort of dude who kind of. Hangs out in the in the in the corners, and uh, I don't know. He doesn't do much in this one. Is he just kind of like a watcher? Like he's just always kind of around, like looking at things. Yeah, I he's mean, not around very often. It's it's clear. It becomes clear throughout the course of this that there is some sort of rivalry between he and uh, Edward specifically. Uh, but it's clear that uh, they, they there's something going on there. And spoilers for the. Uh, for the next movie is, I guess they're werewolves. Yeah, yeah. So, his, his tribe is werewolves. They live yeah. on a reservation that the Collins don't go to. Yeah, so they're Native American wolf people. Ooh. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's kind of really on the sidelines for this story, and I don't know much about it. So yeah, there are a billion characters in this. Yep, uh, that's so, very clear. You got, you got I, have, I have written a lot of names here. <laughs> yep. Sorry about that. Uh. But yeah, any uh, any questions, points of clarification? So vampires, their powers that I have written down here, their vampire-like tendencies are drinking blood, running fast, and sparkling in the sunlight. You got it. Is that yeah, it? and they can jump. Okay, jump. Yeah. Oh, and they're really good at piggyback rides. Oh yes, my yes. Mm-hmm. Which which actually leads me to my well, bonus super strong. Point. I suppose I'll write down super strong. Yeah. But uh, but Andrew, bonus point. Yeah, we need a super sexy piggyback ride in this somewhere. Oh. Like literally, like like Edward puts Bella on his back, and they go running somewhere really romantic. And I I just need a I I want to see some piggyback action. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, so- it's weird. My bonus point here is going to be a challenge for you, I think, Andrew. Oh, no. Uh, We've commented on how the relationship portrayed in this is not a great relationship, and there's plenty of other forums to discuss that. We're not going to go into it deeply here. What I want you to do is I want you to write something truly romantic. Give us a reason that Bella legitimately loves Edward. Show us what good love is. Ooh, that's a good one. I like that. That's fantastic. Man, this is this is a chance to improve upon the source material. Well, that's 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 uh that's pretentious of us. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, you know, sell, no, sell I, a few I billion copies. It's, in the it's important. 
No, it's time. good. It's a good point because that is like the one thing that is really kind of takes takes me out of watching uh, this film is that unhealthy relationship, and I think there is definite room for improvement in that regard specifically. So that's a good good bonus point. I want to hear that. Interestingly, this film script, the screenplay, was written by Melissa Rosenberg, who was also the showrunner on Jessica Jones on oh, nice. Netflix. Very which cool. is actually a really strong feminist piece. Uh-huh. Uh, so just, she wrote, I think, all five of the Twilight films. Very nice. I didn't know that. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool, 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 cool. All right. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. I think you ought to go off and write unless you have any other this. specific questions. No, no, no. I like this. It's uh, Cullen School for Gifted Youngsters. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm good. All right, yeah, <laughs> it's Dr. Cullen. I just, I, that makes sense. All right, yep. I, I realize my jokes after I say that. <laughs> so, yes, I, I got lots of names written down and lots of words, and I'll have more <laughs> words for you when I come back. Fantastic. Good luck. Hey, podcast people. If you like subscribing to things, I highly suggest you subscribe to Sham Fiction. Even if you don't like subscribing, it's, it's a good habit to get into. Why? Because when you subscribe, you'll get a new episode of Sham Fiction delivered straight to your magical pocket device every single Sunday. If you're feeling generous, you could rate our show as well. Either way, subscribing on iTunes is the best way to tell us that you're listening to Sham Fiction, and that helps us out greatly. So thanks for listening to the show. I hope you're enjoying it. Let's get back to it. Hey, Marcus, old buddy. Oh, Eric, old chum. Hey, hey, hey. While Andrew is writing Twilight. (sighs) I'm so happy that we're doing this. Uh, while he's doing that, I just uh, we should talk. What what do you think Andrew is going to bring to the table with Twilight? Oh boy, he is going to go off on the vampire thing. That's what I think. I think he's yeah? going to make it more vampire-y than we would expect. And my specific prediction is some hot fang on neck action. <laughs> All right, like somebody's going to get bit. Somebody going but it's to gonna be sexy. It's gonna be sexy. But is it oh gonna? My. It's gonna be it sexy. Might be Bella. So I don't know. Oh, okay. So you already your bonus point was already like some romance. You want to see romance. that romance taken yeah. to the next level with some fangs. That's right. All right. That is right. right. Fair. Yeah. What do you think? I'm thinking. I'm. I'm kind of. I don't really know what he's gonna do. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping to be surprised. Uh, though, if there is a reference to any character from Buffy, I'll be happy. Oh. He'll get, like, all the points. Yeah, trust. Like, I, I don't think that we're going to see Angel or Spike or Buffy herself in this, but I, I I would be very surprised if we don't get a passing mention. And if we That'd do get a passing mention, then I'll be I'll be in. I'll be gold. And so will what Andrew. If, what if the It'll school is sunny be gold. <laughs> the school of Sunnydale does that count? In the Forks High School. Um, yeah. That you know, I'll allow that. If I, if there's any reference to a Hellmouth, I'll be happy. Ooh. So now uh, I'm just really excited because like I love Buffy. So uh-huh. I think we should bring him in, and then I'm just going to be mad at him if he doesn't reference Buffy now. <laughs> that sounds like a good plan. All right. Excellent. 
Hey, lovers. Oh, hello. <laughs> hey, vamp. I have returned to you from my tryst <laughs> in Washington. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. One could call it that. That's good. One could call it the greatest five minutes of my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very, very long life. <sighs> Sorry, I got lost there for a second. No, I got lost in your eyes. They're just so they're so sparkly, <laughs> oh, beautiful. People at home will just have to imagine it. <laughs> Audience, um, Andrew's eyes are looking dreamy as hell. <laughs> so, guys, I was inspired, eight out of ten, uh, incredibly inspired by this uh, this property. Um, I uh, got a little carried away. <laughs> uh. So we'll see how this goes. All right. <laughs> All right. I don't know what that means. Okay. Bring it uh, on. I feel like I'm uh, already in eternity for this moment, Andrew. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. I hope it pays off. Uh, mm. Okay. You guys you guys ready for this? Yeah. So, yeah. You ready for it? You look ready. Of course. All right. Here we go. This is this is uh, Andrew Neal's sham fiction of Twilight. Woo! <laughs> September 15th. Tonight was my first real date with Edward. I asked him if we could call it a date, and he agreed. We went for a walk near Charlie's house. My house? The house I'm currently living slash writing this in. It drizzled a bit while we walked, which isn't surprising. It's rained at least a bit every day. I've lived here in Forks. I don't miss much about Phoenix, but I realize now I took sunlight for granted. I wanted so badly for the sun to shine earlier when Edward and I were out. He told me what happens when he's in the sunlight. He said it's quite the sight, and not because he bursts into flames. <laughs> I asked. I told him I didn't want to get burnt. He was still leaving space between us as we walk. I told him I didn't bite, and he laughed. I'm surprised he laughs when I make jokes like that. You'd think he'd have heard them literally a million times by now. He said he doesn't trust himself to get so close to the living. I said that if he's ever uncomfortable, to tell me instead of hiding it and acting like a chump. <laughs> a soft smile appeared on his lips then. He apologized and admitted that he's told me more about himself and his kind more than he's used to. He's not one to open up. I, I get that. I haven't had anyone to talk to since moving here, and even before that I may have had some friends, but I didn't feel comfortable discussing the hard stuff, like what was going on with Mom. I said I'd like to try to be more open, and asked if he'd be willing to try too. He agreed. September 20th. Tonight, Edward invited me over to his house after school. Wait, did I say house? Because I meant baller-ass estate. The place was bonkers. It was practically a castle. I'd never been in a house like it before. Back in Phoenix... A friend of mine lived in a pretty big place in the Burbs, but it was all boring stucco walls and tile floors. Ed's, Edward's place is covered in dark wood and heavy velvet curtains and massive fireplaces and, no joke, tapestries. Real tapestries emblazoned with the Cullen family crest adorned the foyer and hallways. Like I said, castle. I got to meet Edward's dad, Dr. Colton. Uh, yeah, I'll take that back. I got to meet Edward's dad, Dr. Cullen. I mark that with quotations because Dr. Cullen isn't actually Edward's birth father. I'm still getting used to how these things work. For not being biological family, Edward and Dr. Cullen have a very similar look. They're both tall and thin, but not in a lanky and awkward way. 
They carry themselves confidently. There's a lot of strength in them. The incident with me, Edward, in the van proved it, and then some. I find it ridiculously attractive. (laughs) I told Dr. Cullen that I found him interesting. I'd like to know more about what it's like to be a vampire and a doctor. I think it would make an excellent book. Vampire Doctor. (laughs) I'd read the hell out of that. Dr. Cullen said that the stories he had could fill volumes, and proposed that maybe I could write them someday. That was pretty cool of him to say, even though I sensed a slight bit of hesitation. After meeting Dr. Cullen, Edward and I sat down to watch a movie from the 50s called All That Heaven Allows. Edward said that it was one of his favorite films. It's about a middle-aged widow living in a small town who starts falling in love with her gardener, a younger man with awesome Elvis hair. (laughs) He loves her back, but she's afraid to go through with it because her adult children and the people at the country club find the relationship to be inappropriate. It was one of the most beautiful-looking movies I've ever seen. Every color was bright and rich, and the scenery was unnaturally immaculate. The young gardener guy with Elvis hair fixes up and lives in an old mill that that seems pulled right out of a storybook. It was gorgeous. When the movie was over... Edward asked me what I thought. I told him how beautiful it looked, but that I hated the ending. He asked me why. It's a happy ending, after all. The two lovers get together. I told him it didn't feel right. The woman first succumbs to the pettiness of her kids and her so-called friends and breaks it off with the gardener. She only gets back with him after her stupid daughter and doctor tell her to. And then the gardener gets into an accident, and she feels guilty, and they get back together after he wakes up from a coma or something. I said if I were that guy, I'd have told her to get lost and start thinking for herself for a change. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, I ranted a little. Felt so awkward when I was done. Then I noticed how Edward was... how, How close Edward was to me. Closer than he'd ever been. He didn't look angry at me for ripping into one of his favorite movies. Uh, instead, he was smiling. I, I haven't ever seen him smile at me like that. Then he asked me, Bella Swan, where did you come from? I smiled back and told him, Phoenix, duh. <laughs> September 27th. Two nights ago, we did a blood test. Wait, that doesn't sound right. A blood test is something specific. What we did was a test involving blood, I guess. Whatever it was, it didn't go well. I didn't write about it until now because it kind of freaked me out. I want Edward to take me on a hike to Olympic National Park. He's lived in Forks for a long-ass time, so he knows his way around those trails. However, he, he wouldn't agree to go on the hike until he knew that he can control himself in the event that I should somehow draw blood. Fair enough, I thought. We performed our experiment here at Charlie's house. He was out with Jacob's uncle, so I swiped a pair of handcuffs from his utility belt or whatever and cuffed Edward to the radiator in the living room. Edward was a little worried that he might still be able to break the cuff chain. I asked if he really thought he'd get that worked up at the sight of a teensy drop of blood. He agreed, saying it was likely to be as safe as we could get, given our present circumstances. However, he did tell me to stand across the room near the front door, in case I needed to make a quick exit. Yeah. Thinking back on it now, it sounds crazy. However, at the time, I went with it. After all, I was, it was just a prick on the tip of my thumb. A tiny bead of bright red appeared after a little squeeze, and I held my thumb up so Edward could see it. 
The change in his expression happened right away. His eyes grew wide in fear at first. He recoiled a little. Then he relaxed, and his eyes narrowed and focused directly on my thumb. He began breathing heavily through his nose. His shoulders pulled back and his head tilted forward. From from beneath his strong brow, hungry eyes finally met mine. I was scared then, and it only got worse when I heard the voice in my head, a whisper telling me to come closer. It was Edward's. I could feel the words. They were soft and warm, as if his mouth was not across the room, but right above my neck. The hair there stood up in excitement. My whole body seemed to urge me forward. I took a single step closer, but just as my foot touched the floor, my own thoughts grew clear in my head, and I knew that this was wrong. I immediately turned around and walked out of the room into the kitchen, where I washed the blood from my thumb and threw water in my face. I didn't go back into the living room for an hour after this. All that time, Edward remained cuffed to the radiator. He didn't shout or complain. When I finally re-entered, he apologized. I told him that I never wanted to hear his voice inside my head again. I told him it doesn't belong there. I remember how he hung his head as I said it. He told me he understood and apologized again. After a moment's hesitation, I unlocked him. Like I said, that was two nights ago. Tonight we tried again. I know, it was stupid, but this time Edward went out to feed beforehand. I forced him to tell me what he ate for some reason. I don't know why I felt so strongly about it. I guess it was the first time I'd asked him about that sort of thing. When he said that it was a rabbit, I wish I hadn't asked. Hmm. Poor (laughs) Bun-Bun. Anyway, we set everything else up the same, and crazy though it was, it worked. Edward admitted to feeling a little ill at the sight of the blood bead, but didn't notice any severe change. But I didn't notice any severe change in him. Not like before. With this successful test in the bag, we're hoping to try hiking this Friday after school. Honestly, after writing this all down and reliving this nutso experience, I feel kinda good. I feel much more ready to take on anything this ridiculous relationship throws at me. I think slash hope Edward is starting to feel the same. September 30th. It's 7 a.m. on Saturday, and I just got home. Thankfully, Charlie isn't back from his overnight patrol. Dodged an awkward argument there. Phew. Edward and I just spent the whole night together. Whoa. No future, Bella. That doesn't mean we slept together. (laughs) Don't be such a perv. (laughs) But it was a pretty amazing night. To start, Edward wanted to postpone our first big hike. He wasn't feeling confident in his ability to control himself after the mishap earlier this week. I was disappointed, not gonna lie. I really thought we'd passed a milestone together, and I told him so. He wasn't so sure. We decided instead to walk through the woods behind Castle Cullen. At first, it reminded me of our date two weeks ago. We weren't talking, and Edward gave me a lot of space. It's hard to describe how I felt about it. Mostly frustrated, I guess. I like this guy, and he seems to like me back. We've had some trouble up front, but who doesn't at first? I wanted to get angry at him, to tell him that this was stupid and a step backward and that we should be going to Olympic National Park. But I didn't. Instead, I began telling him how I liked to write, and that I wasn't kidding when I said that I wanted to write about his father. 
I saw his expression lighten as I spoke. He was happy to hear it, and started to tell me a few stories he'd gathered from Dr. Cullen. To tell me a few stories he'd gathered from Dr. Cullen over the years. Then I told him more about Arizona and my trouble and the trouble with my mom. Then he told me about a friend he lost back in the sixties. Before we knew it, sunlight began to peek over the eastern mountains. The sky was clear, and stars began to disappear in the orange glow. When the idea hit me, I immediately grabbed Edward's hand. I think I surprised him a bit more than I intended, but when I told him my idea, he laughed and lightly squeezed my hand. I think my heart may have skipped a beat at that moment. He then knelt down and asked me to hop on his back. (laughs) I'll admit, I I, I thought this was super weird. I hadn't gone on a piggyback ride since I was a little kid and my parents were together. It was just us, though, Edward and me. It's not like anyone else was there to watch and judge. I was just being stupidly self-conscious. So I shrugged that off and hopped on the back of my vampire boyfriend. (laughs) It turned out to be amazing. I kept forgetting how strong Edward is. His skinniness is so misleading. He gripped my thighs firmly, but delicately, and ran with grace over the uneven ground. I almost felt weightless as he navigated the winding forest paths, which led us further and further uphill. We'd never been this physically close before. I savored the sensation of the movement of his body against mine. Not gonna lie, it was really hot. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, the trees parted and we reached an overlook high above Castle Cullen. Edward knelt back down to let me off. I would have been disappointed, but the view distracted me. We could see the entire valley below. It stretched on and on for miles, all the way to the dark blue ocean. I watched as the streetlights and forks started to turn off block by block. I turned to Edward just as the sun broke through the trees behind us. We were standing in just the right spot for a beam of warm light to cover us both. Then it happened, just what I'd wanted to see. His skin began to change. It became almost pearl-like a milky surface reflecting back the sunlight in soft shades of pink and blue and yellow. The color shimmered and flowed down the curves of his cheeks, his chin, and his neck. I don't know how long I was staring. Definitely too long. (laughs) But Edward didn't seem to mind. When he finally spoke, he said he felt safe with me, and that he would try to keep me safe too. I felt the same, but the words didn't come. I don't think they needed to. Then, I kissed him. Mm-hmm. The end. <laughs> Yay. Whoa. That was adorable. <laughs> Yay. Oh. Good good job, Andrew. You know, Thanks. Yeah. You know what this makes me want to do? This makes me, other than make out with my super hot vampire boyfriend... <laughs> it it actually makes me want to read the the source material. It makes me want to read Stephanie Meyer because oh my goodness, that was look at that. It, I want to I want to compare the two because the first person I think really does service to this story. Like it feels to me, it felt so much more. I don't know, realistic. It, it had more personality for sure. The fact that it was mm-hmm. that you wrote it like journal entries, which I thought was a really cool choice. Um, that I, I really want to see the source and see how that voice comes across in Stephanie Meyer's original work. 
Was that a nod to the novel Dracula, Andrew? Or was it simply because this is a teenage girl recounting a love affair? It was a nod to Dracula. Yay! I'm glad you caught it. Yeah, no, like an epistolary story. That's that's kind of what I was going for. We haven't seen one of those Excellent. in uh, sham fiction before. So well done! Yay! Hey, look at that! We're breaking through. We're breaking barriers. Achievement unlocked. Yeah. <laughs> so fantastic. Yeah. Marcus, any yeah, uh, so initial it, reactions? The, it was romantic. Uh, I thought that you played off of things with Edward being a vampire in a meaningful way. So I loved that he had his favorite movie in the 50s. Or I was, isn't, as, mm-hmm. was it in the 50s, yep. the movie? Okay. And then he yep, lost he a friend it. in the 60s. And you guessed that they would have this grand home, Castle Cullen. Although mm, it's yeah. not as cool looking, it's more modern. Um, okay. So I liked all of that. Uh, you also played with the vampire being more feral and uh, projecting his thoughts into her. Yeah. I felt like a lot of what you're saying was a critique of what we kind of hinted at in the pitch session about how maybe this isn't the healthiest relationship. Um, and you very much made it clear that Bella was going her own way and that she had some agency in the relationship. And I, I dug that. So well Thank done you. there. Agreed. So, Andrew, tell us about this process. How was writing uh, Andrew Neal's Twilight? Yeah, no, it was fun. I really enjoyed the process of writing this. I I really wanted... It was, one, fun to write a, from a girl's perspective again. Um, I like that. That's different. You know, writing from a... I wanted to make... As Marcus said, I wanted to give her agency... I wanted her to have a say and to almost be kind of like more upfront and blunt than he is. Um, and also kind of take it, you know, easy and be kind of breezy with it because she's a teenager. So, and they're just starting this. So as careful as they're trying to go with it, it's still crazy, you know? And I really wanted to keep that deliberately present throughout the whole piece that, this is not easy. Like, every part of this is kind of precarious. I mean, the guy feeds on blood. So, at, like, I, I wanted to make sure that, like, the danger was always kind of there. If she wasn't thinking about it, then through his language and the way he was acting, like, he was thinking about it. And them trying to find some way to find some sort of peace, despite all that. So... Because you guys said that that was the primary problem of the piece, is that, or at least the the film that that you felt that they, they it didn't really take that into consideration, and Bella doesn't have much going for her, and Edward kind of dominates her, and I didn't want that to be the case. I wanted these people to be kind of feeling their way through the first days of their relationship. That's awesome. I think you did a really good job. I think you succeeded in all of those uh, goals that you had. That was that's that's really good. So thank you. Um, just like to to start kind of breaking this down from a critical point of view, uh, Marcus, please can you uh, can you begin? Because I I think I mostly have positive things to say. So I want to know: Do you have any like critical things, things that that Andrew could have done better? Any things he should keep in mind for his next fiction? Sure. Uh, so this was an epistolary, which really 
works kind of as a slice of life because you're getting journal entries, so some can be less significant than others. In the shortened amount of time that we have for this as a short story, I wasn't sure what the arc was here, right? And mm-hmm. we find out that it's leading to that first kiss. Uh, it would have been nice to see that brought up earlier, that this was, so maybe in the September 15th, the first journal entry, that she just really wanted to kiss him, you know? Mm-hmm. But she was scared, she wanted to spend more time, she's not that kind of girl, whatever you want to say, whatever that attitude is. Yeah, just address it. Uh, just address it. And what what worked and also I thought hurt you a little bit was that the blood test scene was really, really strong and it had a lot of suspense. So that whole thing in and of itself was the most interesting part of this to me, right? Okay. You presented yeah. that with more of a horror tone and it was paced in a very tense manner. And so I thought... That had more of that arc to it, right? You That was mm-hmm. a mystery. What is the blood test? Then you present what that is, and then you also move into uh, how is this going to... What's the reaction going to be? What state is Bella in? There's this fear over that entire section. Um, so because that was so well-contained and so intense and so different, it did take away some of my interest in the overall piece. But okay. as just a series of entries, if this were part of a larger piece... That wouldn't be as much of a problem. Sure, you could have those peaks and valleys throughout a larger yeah. work, and it would work. Okay. And Dracula's all like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we all read that last year, I think. Yeah. Where yeah, it well, just will have these miniature sections where it does get really intense, and then it's just a bunch of boring. This is the cargo list on the, the boat or whatever <laughs> it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just it does jump around, but for the short format, I would have liked to see more of that overall arc, uh, and you could have layered sure. it in with just a few sentences. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I uh, I really like that you did something different with this, Andrew. Um, I like that you did um, the journal entries. It's something we haven't seen on the show, as I mentioned. Um, it adds, I, and I think this is the strongest part, it adds a lot of personality to this story because it is so intensely colored by our main character, by our viewpoint character, Bella in this case. Um, and I just enjoyed hearing her voice. I think it was clear that you were having fun. You kind of dialed into this character that you created, this version of Bella. Um, which, by the way, uh, is actually a human being in your piece <laughs> instead of a cardboard cutout in the movie. Uh, so credit... Likeable human yeah, being. Yeah, exactly. Too. She's got quirks. She's funny. She yeah. has a language that is uh, more uh, like you would hear from a teenager or if or like us if you're a child-like man-baby like the three of us are. Um, so... Okay. <laughs> So it was just, it was enjoyable to just hear her speak. And like, I didn't mind that it was a little directionless because it felt like natural journal entries. It was, um, you set out to create Bella's journal as like, I think like a realistic depiction of what that would be in this world. Yeah. And you succeeded. And I, just her voice was what brought me through. So even though it wasn't necessarily like exciting, like, action beats or tension the whole way through i was in because of that strong voice so i have to give you a lot of credit for that so thank you congrats. I, that, that that's awesome to hear because that 
the voice was a really strong uh, consideration of mine. I tried to keep sentences very short and simple, mm-hmm. and the language was very simple because I thought about. I typed this out. I didn't, you know, write it freehand, but I more thought of it like if she thinking of it as she were writing it freehand. And I, I at least for me, when I, I find when I'm writing something down, I always use shorter less complicated sentences and language so yeah. that's kind of what i was going for with that interesting nice that's awesome mm-hmm. a dig um so there are a couple of things uh, details marcus you mentioned the house i loved your version of castle cullen that they actually have an estate <laughs> that's fantastic just i mean it's a brief description but i totally understood what you were talking about you know yeah. the the velvets and the tapestries and everything. It's just like oh, in fireplaces. Like yes, this is where vampires live. Like it made me, it <laughs> tapped in me into an older idea of what vampires are, which mm. are just more appealing to me than the sparkly, pretty, pale version like elf people that are in the Twilight <laughs> movies. So yes. it, it it already like kind of hooked me, and I'm like, yes, these are vampires, and and <laughs> the vampire, the vampire, the, the, the vampire. They're going to eat you. They're going to lose <laughs> control, and they're going to get in their head and say, "Come to me." Yes. So <laughs> lots of things. That was very specific. Lots of things that I liked going on there. So. Good. I mean, just just cool. giving me that idea of the classic vampire through your descriptions it helps me out a lot. Yeah, great. Mm-hmm. That was half of my secret bonus points. Oh, uh, yeah, let's get to that. Let's get to that so and score. In my secret bonus points, I thought that you'd kind of latch on to the vampireness of it, and you really did. Uh, I had specifically that I thought there'd be some hot fang on neck action, uh, but that was avoided. <laughs> uh huh. Well, it's gotten a little messy. Yeah. So, so uh, what were your secret bonus points, Mr. Carlson? My, oh, my, we're going secret bonus points. Mine was actually very specific. I was hoping for some sort of uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer reference somewhere. Me too. Like a mention of a character, <laughs> or mention of of uh, of the you know the Sunnydale, of uh, mention of a Hellmouth, something. But we did Giles. It, yeah. Get some get some Giles in there. Um, I, I won't lie; it did cross my mind in the early brainstorming. I knew it would. <laughs> and I was hoping it was going to come through, but it didn't. That's fine. You were going to get full one hundred percent points if you had included it. But I dang it, yeah, yeah. What are you going to do? So, Marcus, uh, how about uh, your regular bonus points? Your score? How about all that? Yeah. All right. So my regular bonus points, you get you get most of them. Uh, the bonus points were that you'd have a really romantic moment. And I think we, we saw some of those moments. The thing that I felt was missing was why is she putting up with this? Right? So he's tall and he's strong and he sparkles. But if he's really a threat to her life, if she's not able to get out and do these things with him, what is it about him that's so compelling? And I didn't yeah, man, quite that's get funny. that picture. That's if, man, I would disagree, Marcus, um, because there's that scene in there, and and this is maybe not an exciting scene, but it they talk about how they spend like the whole night together. They just talk about um, their interests and their friends and what they've been doing. The fact that you it, like to me, the fact that Bella like stayed up all night talking with this guy 
just told me everything I needed to know about their relationship. I'm like, wow, they actually like each other. Like they get along. They can speak to one another. And like that is enough relationship. That that informed the love and the romance for the whole thing for me. Like that's what kind of tied it together. But you're talking about the scene at the end, right? This is uh, after both blood tests. Yeah. Where they abandoned the walk. So I guess that's that's what I was missing was that step in between. Okay. So they do end up having a great night. And I see those little moments, but it's it's just something that I would have liked to see more of, right? So when you're yeah. presenting the threat to the relationship, we also need to know why she's sticking in the relationship. Sure. Yeah, that kind of need to perhaps come right after that that scary right. bit. Yeah, like why is mm-hmm. it worth it? And sure, it is just a drop of blood, but gosh, he's got to be so interesting that I'm willing to cut myself and chain him to a radiator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't usually do that for like the fifth or sixth bit. So that's... <laughs> It's weird. It's funny. I never <laughs> play hard to get. Never even questioned that. So, uh, what? Uh, but it's a very good point. Uh, what? Uh, what about your score there, Marcus? Ooh, my score. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm going to give you the most convoluted score ever. Oh, uh, do it. They're in. They're in. I think a chemistry class together. Is that right, Eric? Uh, it's science of some kind. Some the, it's science class. You know, science class. Uh, and so. She is so distracted by her love for Edward that she gets a D minus on her test. Ooh, that's pretty that great. Is, that is that's a good score. Very you get a distracted. distracted. D minus. Yeah. No, that's good. Which is like, a good I'm taking thing. that. Like, yeah. that's a really good score. Yeah. Not to say that <laughs> you got passes. a D minus. Yeah. Exactly. She's yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. Uh, wow. Eric. <laughs> So, my, okay, so first of all, my uh, bonus point was that you would include a sexy piggyback ride. Yes! And you did it. Is. You did it. I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> not do that. I was kind of surprised. I figured that was probably going to get tossed aside at some point, because how can you fit in a sexy piggyback ride? But you did. So good job. <laughs> you get those points. Um, and, yes. I mean, the only thing for me personally that is hurting your score on this piece um is that you included a dead bunny um (laughs) that made me very sad and so instead of full points that was there for you babe yeah yeah i knew it was and so i'm like kind of mad at you about it um but at least you said poor bun bun which brought me up a little uh so instead of full points you are getting Three out of four puncture marks in the neck because <laughs> I have no idea why. I just decided that she was getting ed on by two sexy vampires. Just running where your mind goes. Yeah, just naturally exactly. just let it happen. Oh, exactly. Your mind. And, and I it's guess one of, the fangs, right? one of the fangs kind of missed, but maybe kind of nicked her a little bit, but didn't get like full puncture. So it's still like a little bit there. So it's like kind of like three and a half, maybe a little the more. The other guy backed out because he was uncomfortable by it. He didn't want to do he, it. It was like the devil's. He's the got devil's lopsided fangs viper, and he's really vampire bite. about it. Yeah. So when it doesn't go straight through, it's just... <laughs> I like to imagine Bella was like hanging out in the woods and this vampire comes up and starts to chomp on her a little bit, gets one fang in, and then realizes, oh, there's another vampire here. Sorry, bro, I'll back off. <laughs> I, I didn't realize you had dibs. Oh, I didn't know you was already dibs. snacking. 
Oh my goodness! Yeah, so Thank you, Eric. Slightly That's embarrassed. A, I, I, I will cherish that score uh, and the explanation behind it for the rest of this show, at uh-huh. least. <laughs> so, guys, where where can I watch Twilight if I want to watch Twilight? Oh, girl! If you want to watch Twilight, uh, it sucks to be you because you got to go buy it. Uh, but I, I recommend it. You go to a store. You know, it's similar to the like with the places where you maybe buy a book. But you know, sure. sometimes the places yeah. with the books will also sell like the discs, either like a Blu-ray or a DVD. So you go to I that the Blu-ray for a penny yeah, on the Amazon. You can, uh, oh, you can buy it from the internet too. Um, yep. Yeah, that's good. You know, those places. That's where you can see Twilight. Don't it? Or that was ask, very specific. Ask your bros, because one of your bros has to have a copy of Twilight. You know, funny story. Now one of my bros does. Funny story. One of my bros has it. It's it's Marcus. Uh, when we were setting this up, and I realized last minute that I couldn't stream this anywhere conveniently, uh, I asked around uh, to my friends on Facebook, who's got a copy of Twilight, quick? And guess what? Uh, nobody did. <laughs> but now we know oh. one. Now we know one who does. Now we know one. I've got it. Yep. And also, you know, if, if we wanted to watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer, <laughs> we'd do that. You know what? That is a lot easier to do. Check out Netflix. Uh, the whole thing's there. Excellent. Yeah. And the film that I mentioned in the piece, All That he- Heaven Allows, is a, is a good movie, and you should watch it. It's in the Criterion Collection, Ooh. and you might be able to watch it on Hulu. I think it might be there, in their nice. Criterion section. Uh, fun, Check it fun out. Fun fact, Twilight, not in the Criterion Collection. <laughs> oh! Boom! Really? Sorry, I know. Disappointing. Okay. But anyway, folks, uh, I hope you enjoyed Andrew's version of Twilight. I enjoyed it. I think Marcus enjoyed it. I did, too. Yeah, good. I, well, I absolutely enjoyed it. Yeah. I was just being structurally critical. Oh, of course. No, it was fantastic. Uh, so thanks again for listening. Uh, please tune in next week. We'll have another fantastic show. And until then, this has been Sham Fiction. Hello. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Sham Fiction is produced by Two Jackets Productions, which is Eric Carlson, Marcus Mann, and Andrew Neal. Special thanks to Reed Reimer for providing the music. For a full list of episodes and to read this week's fiction, visit shamfiction.com. Follow us on Twitter at shamfiction, and please, don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. Sham Fiction. Write what you don't know. Hello, friend. Are you enjoying your Starbucks coffee? while driving that gas-guzzling car you can't afford, on the way to the job you hate at the evil corporation who cares more about stock options to secure its multi-millionaire executives than paying you a living wage? Do you feel in control with that Starbucks coffee? Do you want to be in control? Join us next week on Sham Fiction, as we crash with the guy who aims to give that power back to you. Until then, remember, friend, our democracy has been hacked.